You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Can we tackle? Can we take one? Can we take the defensive end if he's over? If he's back, he's down the first man who's inside. Hey, what's up, gang? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. We're joined alongside a special guest today. We've got former NFL offensive lineman of your Green Bay Packers, Mr. Mike Wall. Mike, how you been doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Excited to talk ball with you. Yeah, absolutely, man. We've been following your videos, loving the breakdowns 90% of the time. I think I know what's going on. I watch your video and I'll go, boy, I was way off base. <laughs> so we appreciate what you're doing over there for sure. Um, let's just kind of dive right into it, Mike. I want to get your take on this offensive line. You know, I know it's early in the season, mm-hmm. um, just two games in, and wanted to kind of get a quick evaluation. What have you seen on tape? And we'll just kind of go position by position, if that's okay with you. Sure. Um, starting on the left side, left tackle, um, how do you feel like Bach has looked? And then, obviously, uh, they replaced him with uh, Rasheed Walker this past week. How do you feel like the left tackle position is – I don't know if grading out is the right word or the right way of asking sure. it, but how do you feel like they're playing at left tackle right now? Well, just just to give a quick overview, like I think the, the, the Packers – if you take away quarterback's runs, we average 2.9 yards to carry the first game, 3.2 yards to carry the second game because we're, we're not running the ball well, very, very poorly. There's some atrocious blocking, particularly on the backside. A lot of it has to do with the tight ends being young and not having a really good technique. So that, that has a lot to do with it, either at the point of attack, getting blown into the backfield and resetting a lot of scrimmage, or not being able to cut off on the backside. Uh, the other part of that is well, you don't have an identity right now. We, and, and I think a lot of it, you can see it in the first the, the Bears game when A.G. Dillon comes in, his first two runs, are, he's, his chest is pointed towards the sideline. And one of them's, a, I think one of them was a pin and pull, and I, I'm having a hard – oh, and the other one was a quick – I think they were both quick tosses with a pin and pull and yeah. then an underhand uh, handoff. And you're just going, okay, well, first of all, that's not what he's really good at. 
<laughs> and I'm not really sure that that's really what we're good at either. And you see, like even Bakhtiari, who plays an almost flawless game from a pass protection standpoint, is really good in the run game as well. You know, you take a bad angle on something like that, the linebacker you know runs over the top of you, and you can't make the block. And everybody goes, "Well, what's wrong with this player?" It's like nothing's wrong. Those are some of these some of these plays are difficult to execute unless you have the exact right look. So I think Bakhtiari is he's a first ballot Hall of Famer for me. He's going to be uh, playing at an all pro level whenever he's out there. I think that at some point during this thing that happens, I was around Walter Jones his, his last year and Walter got paid to play his last season. I don't think he played a single snap because he was just that valuable. It's like, if he, whatever he can give you, you you'll take. Yeah. And I think Bakhtiari is kind of in that realm with the green Bay Packers right now. It's like right now you've already paid his salary. So whatever you can get out of him is going to be better than whatever anybody else can do. So right. him and even him, even him at you know 70% is probably better than anybody anybody else can do. But it's really gonna come down to as you get further into the season, if they start gelling with a different line, what you get some tough decisions might have to be made if if not now, then in the offseason. But you know, for right now, he's he's as good as they get. Um he's he's still a top three, top five offensive uh, tack, left tackle in the league. Gotcha. How about Rashid Walker? You know, the guy who stepped yeah. in for him. Do you feel like he's held his own? Yeah, no doubt. He, I think he, you know, it was crazy this last game because in the preseason he showed that he was the the default guy now over Yash Nyman. Like yeah. he, he outplayed. He was. He, he shows to have a higher ceiling. He's a better in the run game. He's a big guy that has good feet. There's all these things that you just went, okay, this is settled. I'm glad we're keeping both, but this is a this this is a done deal. And then they're subbing these guys in mid series. I've never I've I've seen guys come in series after series alternate. I did that with Joe and Jersey years ago. That's terrible. Like that's an awful idea. Yeah, doing it mid series I've never even heard of, and I have no. I thought maybe they were doing it because they wanted uh, Rashid to play the like the U Bacon tight end in the big package because they yeah. they had it in the game, but that wasn't even the case. They were just running guys in and out, and then you know Jenkins went down obviously, and they have a whole new left side of the line, and every series it could be different. Really, really perplexing. I thought the kid's been holding his own. Listen, you're, you're not going to play anywhere near the standard of Dave Bakhtiari, but just in general, generally talking about you know, football and where where you are right now, kid's doing a good job. He's only going to get better. Awesome. Now, you just said, did you say you Bacon? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin Barry. So, so you called him Bacon? Is that what you said? Well, we called the formation Bacon. I'm not going to assign him nicknames. All right, all right. <laughs> I was just curious. So it's B-A-C-O-N. I had never heard Bacon inserted there. We always heard U-71, all that mm-hmm. stuff. And it's funny because as fans, we're going, is that really what they call it? You know, we get all excited about it. But I know I tagged you in a tweet when I seen the very first, what I referred to as U-63, and I loved your response. Listen, hold up. U-71 was on a whole different level here. Let's yeah. calm down. Oh, he was 350 pounds, uh, you know, love. Yeah. <laughs> love it love it love it all right um let's move on to left guard obviously elton jenkins I, just a couple questions there real quick mm-hmm. um with what we've seen of elton jenkins did you feel like he was fully healthy do you feel like he was trusting the knee just at a, at a quick glance and then the second part of that question being who do you think they plug in now that he's going to be out for several weeks obviously with the mcl yeah elton jenkins is a really good athlete and you know last year you didn't he's it's it's been he's had his interesting career because I think he really got put on the map when he played against Aaron Donald a couple of years ago and he gloved him up that one play and they kind of went back and forth and he showed they didn't have any he didn't have any, he had a dog in him right he had any let there yeah. and I think he got a lot of credit on that play and he's a good player 
I don't know. Like for me, I don't know if he's an elite left guard in the National Football League yet. And he's got he already has two Pro Bowl bursts. Um, last year, he got his growth retarded a little bit because they put him over at the right tackle position when he was out of position. They move him back, and he obviously starts playing a lot better. Um, and this 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 season, like you know, he's one of those guys that's got great feet, bad footwork. He's one of those guys that's got super athleticism, not always great body position. So he does a lot of things well, and he does a lot of things just okay. But he's generally not only reliable to to at least get you a draw, but he can play almost anywhere on the offensive line. So he's a super super valuable guy. He's good. He's definitely the enforcer of the group. Like there's a lot of just personality traits that I person that I love and I love watching because of it. So he's a big, I think he's a huge loss just from kind of the intangible stuff he brings to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the other part of it is you, you really don't have anybody that's on his level on the inside from just a physically from a mindset. And then also what he's physically capable of doing. Uh, to a defensive lineman and a double team or getting up on the second level. You just don't have anybody who's capable of doing that right now. Got it. Got it. Um, as far as a replacement, you know, the way we kind of see it, I think moving forward, you're probably going to see Bach as long as the knee doesn't continue to swell. Um, you'll have Bach at left tackle. Obviously, everything else stays the same unless you feel like you pull a starter from another position. I know offensive linemen absolutely hate that, that constant shuffling. Who do you think they put in left guard or who who would you recommend they put in at left guard? This is a really tough one now because of Bakhtiari's situation. Um, Zach Thomas playing so well at right tackle. I know, I know you want to talk about him later, but like you don't, mo- you don't move him because you know you have two positions that are getting worse. Uh, for me, Yash Nyman isn't physical enough to play the guard position. So I that I think that is a, a difficult reality that you have to deal with right now. Royce Newman obviously filled in this last weekend, but if it was me personally. And I thought Bakhtiari was going to play. I put Rasheed Walker at left guard because I just think he physically can handle it. I know he's going to be a little tall for the position, but he's a big guy. He's got good feet. He has a physical presence. I think he would be the best option, especially against the Saints defense. I think they're going to keep Royce Newman there Mm -hmm. because the Bakhtiari situation is what it is. But if it was me, I would at least consider putting Rasheed Walker there. Got it. Got it. That's interesting, too, because – it seems like at least here recently, um, you don't kind of interchange those tackles at the guard position, right? I mean, it, it seems like it takes an elite type athlete. That's that's really interesting, Rasheed Walker. That's kind of exciting too. What's his size, Mike? Do you remember Rasheed Walker's size? I mean, it's I want like, to see he's like six eight, right? I mean, he's a big dude. Yeah, he, he's a big guy. You're right. So you think about him playing. Yeah, that's interesting. Good stuff. A uh, center, man. I know we don't like to beat people down. I know we don't like to <laughs> – and I'm hoping you talk me off the ledge here, but mm-hmm. am I seeing it wrong when I when I turn on the tape and see Josh Myers? Does it, does it still feel like he's he's struggling, Mike? You know, it, Josh makes – like Josh is an average center in the National mm-hmm. Football League right now. Like he's not elite. We thought he'd be Corey Lindsley by this point. He's not. Right. Okay, we thought he'd be Scott Wells at this point. He's not. That'd be Mike Flanagan at this point. He's not. That'd be Frank. I mean, you've had good. I'm I'm listing those purposely because since I got there with Frank Winters, they've always been a dog at center. That's a good Frank, point. Mike Flanagan, Scott Wells, uh, um, like a very very short stint of uh, uh, Saturday. Who who was is right. the only the dubious honor of only the only person to ever get benched and make the Pro Bowl in the same year. <laughs> it's and, amazing, and, you know, <laughs> unbelievable. And then uh, union rep, and and oh. and, and then. Uh, and then they had Corey Lindsley, who was an all you know, all pro worthy candidate for years. Yeah. So this is the first time where you're like, this is what average center play looks like. Um, he's getting beat up by fans, media, whatever experts. Right. 
right? right. More than he should. Because okay. it's like I showed it on the film. I've showed it on film this week. You've got Grady Jarrett playing like a two eye or playing in the gap. And they run a they run an eye back toss play to the weak side or to the left side. And they're like, hey, um, why don't we double team the four technique or the five technique up to the linebacker? And why don't we just have Josh, you want to snap the ball, take a drop step and try to take Grady Jarrett out uh, when, when he's when he's running to his right and your left? Yeah. You know, like that play only works on paper. Like this isn't Nebraska in 1994. Like you can't do that. And so and so for for us to for them to put him in that position, he obviously is going to lose to get a tackle for loss. And then for everybody to beat up on him, it's like right. Something's not right here. That is you got to you have to put him in his wheelhouse. If you have him pulling outside, he gets undercut by the linebacker because he's not good enough to do it. Don't have him pull. Right. Right. When he gets beat or beat underneath in the Bears game and, and and AJ gets gets a tackle for loss, you know, don't have him pull. Now, when he gets beat in the Bears game on the first play of the game and Aaron Jones gets tripped up on him, dude, you gotta be better. Right. right. You gotta be better. Like they don't have anybody over there that's a, that's a real dog. Like you gotta be better than that. You gotta be able to at least maintain the line of scrimmage. So from a physical standpoint, he has all the tools. And I, you could just tell, it seems to me, whether it's the, the, the pre-snap stuff, whether it's the, the snapping. I mean, they're putting him in some precarious situations, by the way. The way they motion that tight end, they're like snapping the ball right before after the guy gets yeah. – I mean, there, there's some stuff in the game. You're just like holding your breath every time that, 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 that he goes across in motion. But you have to put a guy like that in situations to be successful. And then if he's not successful, you have to get him out of the game. But you can't continually put him in situations where he might not be physically capable of doing something, and then everybody going like, "Ah, oh, he's not playing well." I just don't think it's right. That's a good point. That's a good point. And and I'm telling you right now, every time they use that motion, the tight end motion, I cringe. It, it, well, it doesn't even have to be tight end motion. It could be you know your your fly or your, or your Z, whatever. But it's like we're already struggling to snap to a brand new quarterback, and now you've got all of this going on behind them, the timing, everything. Um, I'm glad I'm not the only one that that kind of shakes up a little bit. But um, all right, so we need to back off the throttle a little bit on Josh Myers and really dig into what are they asking him to do? Because I'll be honest, Mike, that that week 18 game against Detroit last year, watching that tape, especially on the all 22 in the box cam, it's like I felt like they were asking the linemen to do things that weren't. I mean, I don't want to say they weren't possible, but like you said, it didn't really play into, hey, here's their strength. And as a former offensive lineman, how do you feel about the pin and pull stuff? Would you would you much rather be straight on, or how do you I'm feel? Good at, I, I feel like I feel like a good lineman's good at everything, but you got to teach it. A good line, you know, when they're oh, we're an outside zone team, oh, we're a gaps dude. A good line's good at everything. I I, I hate that analogy, right? Um, but you got to teach it, and I, I'll just tell like all your all your listeners this this stuff literally happens. And I was lucky because we had Mike Sherman as a coach in Green Bay. Mike Sherman's a line coach. So if we went in there and we're like, hey, Mike, you know, like you've we've earned your trust. We can't make this block. Like just because you drew it up on paper doesn't mean we can get there. Don't run it. They'll take it out. I've been in places where, you know, they they mark it up on the on the film and you raise your hand. Lionel will raise your hand and go like, like I literally can't run over and get blocked that guy. I'm not going to block him. And they're like, well, we can on paper. It looks OK. The offensive coordinator wants to run it. So don't worry about it. Like put it on us. Okay. So they call the play eight times. We get, we lose eight, you know, we lose a yard every time we come back in the film room. They're like, couldn't get your guy, huh? Like, well, I told you that on Wednesday. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and it, it, so what I'm telling you is there are plays in the national football league that are literally 
just drawn up on paper and they and the, the coaches, the coordinators will say, if I can draw a line from this guy to that guy, that means you should be able to block him. And it just isn't true. <laughs> In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. <laughs> Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I can I can hear it in your voice. I can hear it in your voice, man. All right, right guard, um, John Runyon. Um, it, it seems like he's establishing himself as a as a really good pass blocker. Um, right. What I'm hearing is he's not as good at run blocking. How do you see John Runyon right now? What's his strength weakness? How do you feel about John Runyon playing right guard? I like what he's doing. I, I think he's he's continuing to develop into into a good solid pro. You know, there's I think there was a couple of years where people talk, we were trying to replace him, and and it's just one of those deals where you you just kind of hang around long enough and you keep improving incrementally, and people stop talking about replacing you. And I think that's where he's at right now. You just now you just start working on your game, and he is a good pass protector. He's extremely smart. He knows how to help. He does a great job in, in kind of like zoning off plays. He does a great job helping the center. Great job helping the tackle. Um, good in, in blitz pickup. From a run standpoint, yeah, I mean, could he be a more physical player? 
he's not like I think when you put if you put him in the weight room or you 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 put him in a combine, he's probably not the most powerful or explosive player you got on the team, right? So he can always improve that part of his game, but he can improve that part of the game that part of his game by improving the physical characteristics that make guys more powerful. I think, and then tra- and how that translates to your punch, your punch and extend. You you kind of using your hips more when you get into the run and pass game, mm-hmm. which guys are really some guys just really aren't taught to do. So. I think there's a little bit of technical stuff that can make him a, a more powerful player in the running game and as well as just maybe some physical development. But I really like where he's at. Again, I've always thought he's a really smart player. He's a good communicator. He's got good technique. He's a real student of the game. You know, obviously his dad playing for as long as he did. Right. So he's just he's got the pedigree. He's certainly got the, the behaviors and the work habits. I really like what he brings to the team. Yeah. And, you know, having that experience, right, seeing your father growing up and your father playing in the National Football League, mm-hmm. understanding what goes along with that lifestyle. It's got to be huge. It's got to be absolutely no doubt. No doubt. Um, all right. Right tackle. I think we would all agree this has been kind of a, a pleasant surprise. Um, I think Zach Tom, it sounds like he came in a little bit heavier this year, a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. I could be yep. wrong. Um, but uh, how are we feeling about Zach Tom at right tackle? And I, I think you kind of hit on it earlier. I, I really don't want them shuffling him around. And he seems to really settled in at right tackle, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, this was a surprise to me at all. We talked about it last year on our show. Like he's, he's, he's going to be a player in this league. Um, he just has the intention. He, he has the bend. He has the body position. He has the natural part of the game that matters the most. He's mm-hmm. got the footwork. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have great technique yet. He doesn't have a great pass set, but he's got great footwork. He's got great body positioning. He never gives the defender a, 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 like a, like an upright chest. He's always giving him a hip hinge position. He's got his hands inside. He's really good with his hands and replacing, um, I just like what he brings to the game. You, you mentioned that he get he got a little bit bigger this year. You can tell that he's physically, you know, he's probably tipping the scales with a three in front of it instead of a two nine in front of it now. Mm-hmm. So I think that's helped out a lot. But he's just a he's a kid that you're going to continue to see develop. Is he ever going to be like our Tristan Wirfs, Titus Howard dominant guy? Because just because of his size, like probably not. But we don't really need necessarily that kind of player in this offense to be successful. So I don't. I hope they don't move him. I hope in two years from now we give him just a monster payday to stick around because I just think he's going to be one of those guys that you want in the locker room. And uh, if listen, whatever he did in the offseason, the work he's putting in, it's a model for development in the National Football League, certainly. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I I mean, he he's just, like I said, a pleasant surprise, a later-round pick. I hope he gets a bag, too. I really do because – and he's one of those guys, you can just tell when he's out there. He I don't know. He Both, both he and – Runyon, another thing that stands out to me is they're just always available. My, they're 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 always. It just seems like they take care of their body. They're durable, especially Runyon. He definitely got that. Well, he, Run, Runyon's like we t- we talked with Runyon one time, and, and the, the the takeaway that I had was that he's he just knows how to be a pro. It was just very simple. Like this guy knows how to be a pro. He works his ass off in the off season. He he understands how to, you know from his from his dad just just because he cares about it. You know whatever the reason yeah. being. He just understands, like, I have to go through this process and I have to have these routines in order to be successful on game day. So he just does them. A lot of guys, what's crazy about the National Football League, probably the NBA as well, the Major League Baseball, is there's so many guys that got there on talent that if you get there and you don't necessarily have that talent or you don't have the talent to level some of these other dudes, you can outbehavior them. Like Tom Brady. Tom Brady outbehavior to everybody else. He doesn't outthrow them. He doesn't outrun them. You know, these guys outbehavior people. And and when you kind of when you find that to be your superpower in the National Football League, you become a very dangerous individual. No doubt. Um, okay, so a comment came up in the chat here and it and it, it kind of reminded me, you know, people are mentioning AJ Dillon. Mm-hmm. Um, 
want to get your take on this. We're going to go a little off cuff. If I ask anything that you go, that's a stupid question, just say, Clayton, that's a stupid question. Let's move on. It's totally right. cool. A.J. Dillon, um, catching a lot of a lot of flack right now. Yep. Um, others are saying it's the offensive line. It's not A.J. Dillon. Some are, I think, being more reasonable and saying, hey, there's a little, uh, there's enough blame to go around. Right. How do you feel about your early assessment of A.J. Dillon? I mean, you get to watch one of the best backs and not just the history, in my opinion, not just the history of Green Bay Packers football, but the league in Amon Green. When you, I'm not saying to draw a comparison, obviously two different styles of back, mm-hmm. but when you look at A.J. Dillon, do you think, no, he, he's a solid football player, or do you feel like he's taking a step back? How do you feel about A.J. Dillon? Because I can't quite put my finger on it. There's sometimes, Mike, I watch the tape and I go, yeah, man, that's that's what we need right there. That's the physicality. And then there's other times that it's just like he – he just seems like he doesn't have good balance. It's easy for me to say being fat, out of shape, and sitting on my couch. I get it. Right. But how do you see it? How do you feel about it? I think that they've, I think they've put him in a number of positions where he's not going to succeed. I think when when you when you point a uh, when you point a cannon downhill and you fire it, that you usually get what you want, right? When you when yeah. you roll when you roll it to the sideline and on, on, a, on like a, a slight incline and hope that it's going to gain momentum, like it takes a while. Right? That's how AJ Dillon is. Yeah. Um, you, the first two plays of the, of the Bears game, you, you you send him sideways and things don't go well. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, what's wrong with AJ? It's like, <laughs> well, I don't know. He's two carries for minus six yards because we don't we can't block. And these are bad. These are bad uh, schemes. <laughs> uh, the third and one uh, play. This this this. First of all, he's running through dudes in the game this past weekend's in Atlanta. If there's mm-hmm. a guy in the hole, he's trying to run through him. Now he got absolutely war hammered by Tremaine Edmonds. But guess what? A lot of guys have gotten have gotten slammed by Tremaine, and it's like he that that dude's a real dog. Man, he's two hundred fifty five pounds of, of anger, right? So and quick, AJ, yeah, and, and he's got quick twitch, right? So AJ's got AJ is what he is, and he always gets stronger as the season goes on because he gets more comfortable with himself. He runs back behind his pads. He talks about it this off season. I got to run by behind my pads early in the season. He's trying to do that right now, but when you go third and one, like if like. For offensive, if, if anybody just likes watching film and you watch that third and one, you tell me where he's supposed to run. You tell me what that offensive line is, is trying to block. Because from what I stood, I saw a double team with the center and the left guard, a poor double team at that. Yeah. I saw the left tackle, the right guard, and the right tackle all step towards the ball. What do we block? Are we blocking wedge? <laughs> what, what was the – I don't understand what the play was. They just ran a – they ran a quick end down – linebacker around game that everybody in the world runs easy to pick up but because we're catching in the hole and resetting the line of scrimmage Deguar or Deguar whoever the, the fullback was is, is taking the taking it on the chin what do you think is supposed to happen there and I'm like, oh just put your head down he's a running back you're trying to find the hole the right. hole doesn't pop up it's not as obvious like it's could he have done a better job I don't know maybe I couldn't have but I sure <laughs> I, I sure know I sure know that we, we could have blocked it better and if you want guys to be successful, give them an opportunity to be successful. If you're saying he's not as good as Aaron Jones, fine. He's not as good as Aaron Jones. I agree. He'll probably agree with you too. Aaron <laughs> Jones is really good, yeah. right? But that doesn't mean he's a bad running back. He's taking a step back. If you don't put him in positions to be successful early in the game, you don't don't expect guys to have success. That's how this league goes. It's too hard. Got it. Um, yeah, yeah. And if you're talking about the play where he stumbled in the backfield, um, when I first watched the tape, Mock, I was like, my God, he's tripping over his own feet. Like, when not watch the tape, but when I seen the game live, that was my initial impression. I go back and watch it, and I believe it was Royce at left guard. Or if I remember correctly, he was at left guard. I think that was yeah. Royce. But yeah. they, it's like 
for whatever reason, he doubled the nose and then tried to turn 180 degrees. Well, they ran a game, so they, they doubled the nose. He's got to come off. But if, if you turn, like, offensive line 101, right? If I turn my shoulders, if I'm trying to block you, and you're coming down right here, and I've turned my shoulders this way, and now I try to come all the way back over here and turn my shoulders this way, I'm not very strong. It made no sense. I was... Right. Well, it's it's so it's a technical. So this is the this is this is my point. This is my point last year. There's technique issues that we fail on because our footwork's not very good. Okay. And then it ends up translating that we're telling AJ Dillon that he's not hitting the hole hard enough. Right. right. Where it's like the guy in front of you has to do his job for you to do yours. There's some, there's very, very few skill position players in this league that can just go, I don't really need you to be successful. Like, I'm so good. We just saw one. Bijan Robinson? Yeah. Bijan Robinson doesn't need anybody to be successful. <laughs> He's not on our team. Right. You know what I mean? So you have to understand, like, Tyler Algier didn't rush for six and a half yards of carry. He rushed for less than four. Okay? Yep. It was better than what we did, but it was, he rushed for less than four. The, because their offensive line isn't that great at run blocking. Okay? So you just have to understand that this is – this whole thing, especially if you're going to have system running backs or running backs that you draft and then you let go later on because we don't want to pay them anymore, then you have to understand the guys up front got to do their job and they got to do it well. And the coaches have to put everybody in position from a schematic and a technical standpoint that there's no excuse for not doing well. Got it. Got it. Uh, you know, Aaron made a comment last year and, and already half the listeners are going, I don't want to hear about Aaron Rodgers. I guarantee it, but I don't care. He made a comment last year. He said, we need to simplify things. Mm. And, and there was a lot of people that were taking it all kinds of different angles. Sure. Do you think that's what he was talking about? That you're trying to run too many types of with, with the, with the, the, the position of this offensive line with their current status, as far as talent, do you think that's what he was referring? What do you think he was referring to there? Well, I think he, I, it, I don't know why. I wouldn't put it with the offensive line necessarily, but if you're asking me, do I think that running a jet sweep on fourth and one or third and one, do I think that running a, starting the game and running pistol the whole game? Do I think that running against their base defense when it's obvious that they're going to beat us one-on-one -on, -one on their base defense, we can run nickel all day and get two double teams and their linebackers. Like we talked, we went about it on our show. Like it's obvious to me that you're not doing maybe what you're best at, and maybe you don't know what you're best at from a coaching perspective yet. You, maybe you just don't know. Right. But I, for me, it's like, if this is, let's just make this really easy. Okay. Clayton, like if I, if I feel like I don't have just absolute unit at right and left guard, like I don't think that we could, we're in center, mm -hmm. then I'm going to run plays that, that get two double teams every, every play. I'm just going to base my whole thing. Like we're going to get two double teams Right. Or we're going to run a gap scheme where we're going to pull one of the guys. We get double teams on the other side. Right. But th that's what we're going to do. And we're going to try to vertically move those people off the ball. And if, especially like last week, if the Falcons linebackers who love to shoot gaps, if they're going to do that, it plays right into our hands as long as we can block backside. But we just, we didn't do it. You yeah. know, it's like, it's right there on tape. You know, if you go back and watch our, our, our Thursday preview show, it's right there on tape. But, they didn't do it because they got some other stuff they want to take care of and they want to set up the passing game. And it's always been like, do you want to set – a lot of coaches will say, and I don't know if this is true about, about Matt and, and the Packers staff, but a lot of coaches will go, oh, we got to run this to set up our passing game. And it's like, dude, you don't have a passing game right now. Here's the deal. <laughs> Jordan Love's playing really well, but he, he threw for like, a, what, 100 and, 130 yards, 150 yards, something like yeah. that. Like, you, you know, and, and He's doing really well, and we're happy for him. But – you probably want to establish if you think your offensive line is a strength in your team, if you think Aaron Jones, A.J. Jones are, are the veteran running backs are a strength in your team, you probably want to base everything around that 
and then go, okay, this is how we're going to run these routes in accordance with these looks to really make it a dual threat situation, not the other way around. I, I don't quite understand. I think that's what Aaron's probably talking about. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that, and that makes sense. And it kind of goes hand in hand with another question I was going to ask you, and then we'll have one more and we'll let you get out of here. Um, with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I was going to ask, what kind of what kind of uh, run game do you think this off, this current offensive lineman, it, this offensive line is built for? And as you talked about, you're trying to get double teams. The thing that came to mind for me, vertical displacement, I thought duo. Is that correct? Or do you think, no, here's what they will probably be the best approach as far as a block? Yeah, you could run, you could run your double-double stuff. I mean, listen – you here's here's kind of where you're sitting, right? You've got this all pro David Bakhtiari. He's not like a road grader, but he's a he's a really he's good at everything, right? Right. You've got Elton Jenkins, where if you double team with Elton Jenkins, he can move people off the ball. Josh Myers is the same; you can move people off the ball. Um, you've got Zach Tom, who's got honestly, he's got the best footwork on anybody on the offensive line. So if you put him on backside Bs, you put him on double team, he can do all of that work, right? He can put in work with and John Running Jr. They can do doubles. Here's what you don't have. You don't have a tight end on this football team that can block, right? And I'm just saying, like, that you could consistently block. You see the backside of these games. We got beat on the backside. We got beat on play side with the, with the with the tight ends. I mean, Cam Jordan, the Saints guy, and Carl Granderson versus these tight ends in the run game is going to be eye-opening if they put them by themselves, okay? Because Cam Jordan's a real deal now, yeah. right? So you have, to, you have to find these situations where you need to develop these guys you need to put them not only in that split flow, hipped off look. You need to put them in situations where they're running trays, they're running outside looks, they're running. Maybe they have to they have to man up one on one every once in a while. And Luke Musgrave's game for it for sure. He just got to get better at it. Like I'm right. not I'm not putting these guys down because right. I really really like the way they're playing. I you like that they're trying to you like that they're trying to develop into a complete tight end. So I'm not putting them down at all. It's just this is the state of the, this is the state of where we're at right now. Sorry about the camera. That's all right. So you have to put yourself in a situation where, listen, if I'm going to run like a, a 12 personnel or, or, or a 21 personnel situation, one of those guys has to be in the backfield because we need to lead blocker because that's harder to defend because these guys don't know how to do it. But you really can't rely on both guys being at the point of the attack and backside from a tight end perspective unless you can get doubles on at least one of them, right? Yeah. So so I'm thinking like stay nickel as much as you can. If you if you want to go into, into your base defenses, I just think it gets a – for me personally – with this team, if you get in against a three-four defense like we did last week, I just don't think you have enough guys that can win one-on-one blocks, and that's that's why I would try to stay away from that stuff. I, so you, if you want to pin and pull, if you want to do doubles, you want to run gap. I think these guys have are athletic enough to run anything. You got to rep it. You got to practice it. You got to make it the main focus of the last of, of the week. Like on Wednesday, I'm, I'm getting off topic here, but no, it's face roll. Last last, I, I was talking about this on another show. The best weeks that I was part of a football team were on Wednesday, you walk in and Mike Sherman would be up there, Rosley, whoever, right? Who, whatever team I was on. And they'd go, this is how we're going to beat this. Like, here are the good players on that team. Here's what they run, blah, blah, blah. Here's how we're going to beat them. We're going to run these, this kind of, we're going to be this kind of team. We're running these plays. 
we're going to run our bread and butter. We're going to go do something different. Like sometimes I remember Tampa Bay, Hey, they get into this look and this defense, we're going to run 98 handoff solid. We're going to make a tag. We're going to make a niner call and it's out the gate and every single, and if they make an adjustment, we'll make an adjustment. Right. So we go down to Tampa and we probably got 200 yards on one play. Cause you just go, we, we're just going to run this. We're going to get in this formation. If they do this. We're going to run here. If they do that. We're going to run there. Right. And we don't need to be all this cutesy stuff and all this, right. you know, get really good at running basic stuff in this sport. Get really good at, fo- that's why Zach Tom's having success. He's just better at footwork than everybody else. It's not rocket science. That's you know, what I think not- of. Every time I watch him play, I think of what you said a few episodes ago. It, it's, it all comes back to footwork, the fundamentals. Right. right. So, but, but from a player standpoint, you want that confidence of like, okay, I know I'm going into this game. I know exactly how I'm going to beat these guys from a global standpoint, from a coaching standpoint. Now I can focus on how I'm going to beat my guy from an individual standpoint, yeah. right? That's the game. And if you're going in, they're going like, well, I don't know if we're going to run this, that, the other, we're going to go to drop back or shotgun the whole game. We're going to run three step. Like you got to have some confidence in doing something. And I don't know if they can have that. If you just, if your playbook's 300 plays long. Right. It honestly, Mike, it sounds like, we need to simplify things just a bit, as one, as one player once said. <laughs> All right, last question for you. This has been kind of an, an interesting topic. Conspiracy theories have launched all across Packer Nation with this whole turf conversation, right? Some people are suggesting that Bach decided to sit out because it's a turf game. Uh, Matt LaFleur mm-hmm. came out and said, no, his knee's injured. It was swelling. Um, and then, of course, he he lashed out at the media, and I think rightfully so. I mean, mm-hmm. when someone asks you the same question three times in a row, right. sooner or later you got to go shut up, right. you know. Right. Um, but turf, you get to play on uh, this same same style of turf, right? You get to play on some of the old turf, the old mm-hmm. concrete turf too, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But do you think that there's – how do you feel about turf? I'm just going to leave it an open platform for you. How do right. you feel about turf? Should they replace it with grass? What's your stance on that? Tur- Turf's a detriment to player safety. It always has been. Um, there's a, there's a number of reasons about it. The one that people don't talk about that I'll just bring up quickly is because of the, the compression of turf, when you work on it, your muscles get more tired. In other words, like your, all your decelerations, like your eccentric movements. So if you think about your muscles, you get more tired with eccentric movements, right? Like they put more, like all the slowing down, all of that puts more pressure on your muscles. When your muscles stop, when your muscles get tired, what Mm -hmm. happens is your firing rates get off right now the, the way my muscles fire when i'm trying to make my legs move it it's off now it's not as good as it should be and that's how people get hurt that's why people get hurt and so it's been proven they've done studies on it the nfl for whatever reason they're going to do it for the world cup they're not going to do it for our players it's it's an atrocity um it's it it, it is a real thing if if he is saying like i don't want to play on turf because my knee swells up or I, or I can't finish the game you can't blame him right gotcha i agree Completely agree. It just makes it makes no sense why you don't just make that switch to grass. And and if it does come down to the dollar, my goodness, man, we see we see how much money these owners are making and, and the money that's being generated on the on the joints of players. Um, it's just a, it's a fascinating conversation for sure. And as you were describing how how the muscles get fatigued with that little bit of springiness, go jump on a trampoline, right? Your that's muscles it. are going to it's 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 that just maybe a little bit minimized. But, Mike, you're the best, dude. I can't thank you enough. Every time you come on here, I learn something. I know we get awesome feedback from our listeners. Uh, love what you're doing over at Process to Perform. Um, guys, follow him on Twitter. And also make sure you check out his YouTube channel. I'm telling you, you will learn way more on that channel than you'll learn right here on this goofy little channel. So make sure you check that out. Mike, thank you so much for your time, buddy. We appreciate it. You got it. Have a good one. All right. We'll see you, pal. That's Mike Wall, the great Mike Wall. Like I said, check him out. 
over at Process to Perform. Just a phenomenal person, man. Um, I remember when I became a Packer fan, uh, you know, he was he was a part of that offensive line. This was right back in 03. So they had a bunch of hog mollies, and they had Mike Sherman was the head coach. Love Papa, Papa, what they call him? Uh, I can't remember what it was, like a sugar bear, I think is what Brett used to call him. But that dude, just an offensive line guru, he knew exactly what he had. He played to his strengths. They would come out in those 22 sets. And like we said, U71 with Kevin Berry, um, as they called U Bacon. I love that. Um, and they would run power downhill all game long. I mean, he talked about on one of the episodes we had on here with us that they ran the same play like it was like six or seven times in a row because they couldn't stop it. And that's what he's talking about, keeping things simple. And, you know, Aaron caught a lot of flack last year, right? And, and again, I understand he doesn't play for the Packers, but if we don't identify what the problem is with this run blocking, then how, how in the heck can we fix it, right? And I know the fans, me, some dumb redneck from Tennessee – I don't I'm never have the opportunity to try to give him to try to give advice, nor should I or quote unquote fix the problem. But if you don't even understand what's wrong with the offensive line and the run blocking more specifically, then we're wasting our time even talking about it. Right. We're just playing armchair quarterback. Um, So it sounds to me like, hey, let's simplify things. Right. And again, that's a former Pro Bowl caliber offensive lineman. Right. Spent a ton of years in the NFL. And, and playing for our favorite team, the Green Bay Packers. So it's tough, man, because when Aaron says it last year, what did everybody say? Uh, he's just selfish. He's passing the blame. He's, you know, he's not coachable. He's refusing to run Matt's scheme. By the way, the scheme hasn't changed. As you guys have noticed, we're still running 90% of what we did before. Um, but, man, it's just frustrating because when he says, hey, look, we need to simplify things, that's that's what you're referring to, Right. Is uh, I'm so glad to hear him talk about not just the sift, but the motion, everything that comes with split flow, those things. And when when you do have the the, the pre snap motion, think of that as a center. All right, you're you're banking on the quarterback timing it up just right. You can't see the motion completely, and you've got to make sure the ball. I couldn't tell you. I held my breath, and it sounded like Mike did too. All day Sunday, every time they did a pre snap motion where the ball was snapped next to the fly motion or the Z motion, I was going. Oh man, I hope he snaps this in time. Like it's that is not simplifying things, right? So uh yeah, we'll go to the chat real quick and then we'll wrap this thing up. Um, like I said, appreciate Mike's time. Absolutely awesome. Just want to give a shout out to everybody here. Zane Strong in the chat, Doug, Shaw, Tyson, uh, David, Nick, Sopro, Dilo, the number one Packer fan, member of the PTA posse. So's Nick Nick McSwain. Uh, let's see here, Dakota Miller. Um, let's see. Or yeah, Dakota Muller. I'm sorry. Jacob in the house. Got Lee 86. A lot of people in here, man. You guys showed up. It's funny. You get somebody in here that knows what you're talking about. You guys come, come out of the woodwork. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see what Nick said here real quick. We'll get ready to wrap this thing up. He said they need to frame it as when your healthy players are out there, your team is going to make the most money. Okay. Um, let's see here. Yeah. I agree with that, Daniel. Daniel says, shameful NFL owners. It's tough, man, because all it is is money. And listen, I'm not one to try to spend other people's money. But when you got the top athletes in the league, they're they're screaming for this. And now and and, and even the the retired athletes, right? The retired football players are saying the same thing. I, I'm probably preaching to the choir here. I'm sure everybody in the chat's going, Clay, we agree with you. We agree. It's just frustrating, man. And again, now Bakhtiari is being painted as this evil one. Like he, there's some conspiracy that he's trying to 
tank on the Packers and he doesn't want to go out there and battle with his guys. And you notice Mike didn't say anything about that. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, just it's frustrating, man. Hopefully they get that that squared away. I love that Lambo. I love the surface they play on with the uh, with the grass and the and the artificial that's woven in. Um, I, I just think it's one of the, probably the best way to uh, to handle that for sure. Um, let's see what Nick said here. Nick in the chat said, has Green Bay did anything you new or unique this year schematically? In my opinion, no. You're still getting the wide variety of run styles. You're getting wide zone. You're getting inside zone or, or what Mike refers to as mid zone. You're getting duo. You're, you're running a little bit of power. You're running a little bit of counter. You're running uh, pin and pull toss, um, all of those things. So you've got this wide variety of run scheme, basically. And I think we're just kind of uh, – Outthinking ourselves a little bit, man, uh, to be honest with you. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of the way I see it. Um, with that being said, let's get out of here. We've rambled enough. Appreciate Mike hopping on with us. It's always a blast getting to talk ball with him. I uh, want to let everybody know in the chat we will be back, I believe, at roughly 3 Central, 4 Eastern for a chalk talk on the Atlanta Falcons game. So I've got, I think, 17 plays queued up. So if you guys are uh, available this afternoon, go take you a quick break. Grab something to eat, come back, and we'll do a little chalk talk and break down what went right and what went wrong in Atlanta. This is not to try to beat players down or try to uh, play, uh, you know, what am I trying to say here? Try to play, uh, you know, uh, just the uh, the all-positive Packers fan. It's to here's how the game came to that final score, okay? A lot of people like to pick – Little pieces. I've, I've had people, several people screenshot me, just screenshot a picture of a formation and go, Joe Barry's a moron. I'm going, okay, what play was that? What time stamp? Oh, you don't even know. You took that from someone else. Someone else tweeted that out and you just borrowed it and said, I'm going to show Clayton he's wrong here, right? We're going to walk through the game, not the entire game, but the key plays in sequence and, and completely understand here's how we came to the conclusion of that final score, okay? So that's the goal with Chalk Talk today. Um, excited to do that. And uh, and get back in here and, and cover that. And so, pro, we appreciate you, basis Clayton, you're the man. No, I'm not the man. The guys and gals in this chat are what makes this channel go. And uh, we're surrounded by great people and just just blessed with uh, people like Mike and their time being able to hop on here and, and talk ball with us, man. That's that's the goal of this channel is for all of us to learn together as we go along. And I feel like we're accomplishing that as long as my accent stays out of the way. But we're out of here. We'll see you guys in just a short bit for Chalk Talk. Appreciate y'all hanging out with us. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go pack up. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Tell the tackle. The defensive end, if he's over, if he's not, he drives down the first man to his inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. No one shows. Go right by this and feel this back. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley. 